Praise God. You know, I, I feel like I'm supposed to start preaching. I've got something else going on in my heart. So I'm going to start that. Y'all ready? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Let's just raise our hands and thank him for his presence. Hallelujah. Father, thank you so much for the word of the Lord. We believe that the word of God is a now word. Thank you, Lord God, for your, your precious Holy Spirit moving in our lives today. We give you glory and we give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to title this message called, What's Going On? What's Going On? The Lord just dropped this in my spirit just a few minutes ago. So how many of you will agree with me? Amen. If you want to, you know, hook up with uh, what we uh, spoke in the first uh, session this morning, we talked about the name of Jesus is the name above every name. So, praise the Lord. I want you to uh, look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 3, if you would. 2 Timothy, the third chapter. And uh, then we're going to look at Matthew chapter 24. And uh, let's look, first of all, in 2 Timothy, the third. Praise the Lord. I love it when the Holy Ghost just drops something in my spirit. Because I know that it's for our benefit as a church, right? And for our benefit individually as well. So in um, 2 Timothy, the third chapter and verse 1. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. What's going on? It's the last days. Amen. This also know that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Well, somebody said, that was Paul writing there, and he's talking about the last days then. Well, he was in the last days, amen, but we're in the last of the last days. And if these are not the last of the last days, it's the last days for you. Amen? We are living in a time where this whole earth is groaning and it is travailing. Now, some of the things that are happening in the last days, of course, he uh, lists those things in uh, the next verse. He says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous and boasters and proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such, join up with them. No, you don't want to be joining up with them. We don't want that kind of spirit off on us. But in the last days... Even Christian will, Christians will lose their way. Somebody says, what do you mean Christians will lose their way? No, I'm not talking about them going to hell. I believe that God is merciful and God is gracious. And I believe that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? But it's easy to lose our way when we get away from Yahweh. When we get away from the word of God and we get away from living by the principles of God's word. Amen. But that's not you. Look at your neighbor and say, that's not me. And that's not you. 
But I want you to pay particular attention. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. And then go over to Romans, the eighth chapter, if you would. Romans chapter eight. And notice a verse with me. In uh, verse 22 of Romans, the eighth chapter in the 22nd verse, it says, for we know that the whole creation, what's it doing? It's groaning and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only so, but we ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. So just take a look just at the past month. Big earthquake in Mexico. Huge, huge, huge floods. Harvey in Texas. All over the world. Today, Irma followed by Jose. Fires in Washington. Fires in Oregon. Fires in Southern California. If you didn't know better, you'd think that the end of the world was coming yesterday. But the end of the world is not coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming soon. I love that song, Soon and Very Soon. We're going to see the King. Hallelujah. Now, look over at Matthew chapter 24. You're believing with me today, right? Matthew, the 24th chapter. Jesus spoke of earthquakes and he spoke of different things happening in the earth, did he not? Matthew, the 24th chapter. And uh, let's see, where is that verse, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. There shall be wars and rumors of wars. Anybody know where that verse is? Verse 6. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not. See that you be not what? Is it possible in the live in the last days trouble free? That was pretty weak. Is it possible for us to live in the last of the last days and not be troubled? I remember Creflo Dollar preached a message years and years ago. He says, when trouble shows up, glory to God, it doesn't have to show out. Because you and I have been given world overcoming faith whereby we can trouble the troublemaker. Amen. Now notice, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. What about that fellow over there in North Korea? Is that not a rumor of war? So Jesus said, make sure you run and hide in a cave. Store up all the water you can get. Store up all the tribulation food you can get. Because you just never know what God might do in the last days. No, 
He said, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. Read the rest of it. But the end is not what? What did Jesus say when we see all these things coming to pass? What did he tell us to do? Did he tell us to look out? Did, did he tell us to, to just, you know, worry and get all f- ang- full of anxiety? No. Jesus said, look up. Everyone say, look up. Didn't say, look out. He said, look up. Why? Because your redemption, your redemption is drawing near. Hallelujah. Our Redeemer liveth. And our Redeemer is coming soon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's coming soon. But this is what dropped in my spirit as I was meditating on this a few moments ago. From 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, Know this, that in the last days perilous times shall come. And then this question came to me, How then shall we that are washed in the blood... How shall we then, who have been purchased and we are his very own possession, how shall we conduct ourselves in days like this? How shall we that are born of God and filled with the Holy Ghost, how shall we that have called upon the name of the Lord, how shall we live? How shall we live in the last of the last days. And then just like a flow of the Holy Spirit, all these things began to come to me. I want to share them with you. How shall those who are in right standing with God live? Number one, we are to live trouble free. We are to live fearlessly. In spite of The weapons that may be formed against us. We are to live fearlessly, faithfully, confidently, and boldly in the midst of a crooked and a perverse nation. In the midst of a world that is rocking and reeling to and fro by all of the evil that has been shed forth by the evil one, we shall live fearlessly. We shall live confidently. The Lord does not want any of his children, especially in this day and this hour, to be backing down in fear. But he has called us to rise up and to take our place And to speak from our place in Christ Jesus. That though the mountains be removed. And though the seas rage. We shall not be. We shall not be afraid. Why is that? Because fear is not part of your DNA. Fear is not part of my DNA. It is not a part of. Of those that have been born of God. When you have been born of God. All fear leaves you on the inside. Amen. 
In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now say this to me real strong. I've not been given the spirit of fear, but I have the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and I have the spirit of a sound mind. Now look at John chapter 14. How shall we live in the last of the last days? We shall live trouble free. We shall live fear free. And that goes for any area of your life that you've been challenged in. Not just the storms, not just the earthquakes, not just ISIS, not just North Korea. But I'm talking about in your everyday life, God doesn't want you walking around looking behind you. He does not want you living in fear. He wants you living fearlessly. And it is possible if you will stay real close to Jesus. If you will stay really, really hooked up with him, you will discover that no matter what comes your way, the Lord, he's for you and he's on your side and he's in you to put you over. Notice with me in John 14, and I'd like to look at uh, verse 1, and I'd like to look at it in the Amplified Version. How shall we live in the last days? Number one, trouble-free. We shall live fearlessly. Hallelujah. The King James, of course, says, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And then look at John 14, verse 27. That's what I want to look at in the Amplified Version. He says here, Peace I leave you, my peace I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. The mere fact that he tells us not to let our heart be troubled tells us that if we don't watch ourselves, we can enter in to great trouble and to great fear. And so whether or not you're troubled or not is up to you more than it is up to God. Amen? So he says here, don't let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. We are going to live in these last days, but we are going to live trouble-free, care-free, anxiety-free, worry-free. Not fretting about what's going on here or what's going on there, but in faith and in peace every day of our lives. So number one, we're living in the last of the last days, trouble-free and fearlessly. Number two, look with me in Psalms 91. You know, you can't preach a message like this without going to Psalm 91. Look at Psalms 91. How shall we live in the last days? How shall we live? How shall I live? How shall I make it through? Psalms 91 tells us how to do it. Amen? In verse 1, he says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High 
is going to abide or to live under the shadow, come on, of the Almighty. Living under the shadow of the Almighty God is the way that we must live in the last of the last days. Under the shadow of El Shaddai. Under the shadow of the God who is more than more than enough. Under the shadow of the God who raised Jesus from the dead. Under the shadow of the God who split Red Seas. Under the shadow of the God who caused Jericho's walls to fall. Come on, somebody. This is where Brenda and I, we have chosen to live there. Not to visit there occasionally. Not to just run when we're in trouble or when things are going bad. But living under the shadow of the El Shaddai will guarantee you complete safety and preservation in every area of your life. Hallelujah. Now, if you choose not to live under the shadow of the Almighty as a Christian, guess what? You're on your own. You're on your own. And I like what Dr. Phil says sometimes. How's that working for you? (laughs) How's living on your own? How's it worked for you? How's it working for you? I tell you, it doesn't work. Jesus said it doesn't work. Jesus said this. He says, guys, without me, you can do nada. Is my Spanish pretty good today? Without me, you can do nothing. And if we can't do anything without him, we're in big trouble. And that's why so many Christians are troubled. And there's so much trouble that they're troubled about is because really they haven't received that invitation to come under his protection and live under the shadow of the Almighty. Look at your saber, that's not us. Ha <laughs> <laughs> that ain't me. Glory to God. So he that dwelleth, not he that occasionally drop byeth, but he that dwelleth in the secret place. Oh, there is a place called secret. There is a place of safety. The name of the Lord is your strong tower. The name of the Lord is your strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are the safest of the safe. Oh, glory to God. Now, while you're living in the secret place of the Most High, while you're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, Make sure that you say something. Make sure that you engage your speaker with your believer. Somebody says, what does that mean? That means make sure that you say God's word out of your heart. Your tongue is your speaker. Your spirit is your believer. And when you hook those two up from that secret place of the Most High... Oh, man, you're going to see some safety. You're going to see some preservation. You're going to see some things go your way. Now, notice verse 2. I will say, come on now. I will say of the Lord. Let's say it together. He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. 
Say it like this. You're my refuge. You're my fortress. You are my God. And in you I trust. Look at verse 3 and verse 4. It says, and surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. You know, the devil's the fowler. He's out to foul everything up in our lives. But when we live in the secret place and we say what God's word says, he delivers us from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. Glory to God. Notice verse 4. It says, he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall trust his truth. Shall be your shield and buckler. Now notice with me very carefully now. Within these few verses that we've looked at in Psalms 91, there is the word trust. 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 We shall live trouble-free. We shall live fearlessly. We shall live under the shadow of the Most High. But we shall also live by trust. We shall live by faith. Amen? That's the only way to live. That's the only way to fly. Amen. Is to live by, to fly by, to walk by, to glory to God, speak by, and to see by faith. Amen. Now, we need to look at verse 9 and verse 10 of that same psalm. And let's just declare it over our lives. Let's go. Because I have made the Lord, which is my refuge... Even the most high, my habitation, there shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. Verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over thee. Hallelujah. And so there's keeping power. There's saving power for those who will dwell in the secret place of the most high. How shall we live in the last of the last days? I'm glad you asked that. Turn with me over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter. The 7th verse. Even in the most despicable act that took place on 9-11 in 2001. The most despicable act that we can think of since Pearl Harbor. Even in the midst of those two jets slamming into the Twin Towers, there were those that were living under the shadow of El Shaddai. And he forewarned many of them. And he let them know not to go to work that day. Even in the midst of all hell breaking loose, there is a God. Even in the midst of all hell breaking loose in this nation, there is a God. His name is El Shaddai. Glory to God. He's the God that's more than enough. And even in the midst of all hell breaking loose in your family, in your finances, in your body, don't ever factor out God. There is a God. And He's a good God. And He's a faithful God. 
and he's faithful to watch over his word to perform it. He's faithful, glory to God, and his eye is on the sparrow. And I know he's watching, he's watching over you, and he's watching over me. Say it with me three times. There is a God. There is a God. There is a God. And he's living in me. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. So testimony after testimony came in of people that were protected in the midst of all hell breaking loose. Back in 1989, the Loma Prieta earthquake. How many remember that one? I believe it was about 5.12, 5.14 in the afternoon. The Giants and the A's were playing in the World Series. Over in that day, it was at Candlestick Park. How many of you remember where you were on that earthquake in 1989? I remember exactly where I was. I was at home. My son James was on the throne and it was going back and forth. But I I remember that everyone ran to the streets. And I saw the terror and I saw the fear in some of our neighbors' eyes. Our house was kind of rocking and rolling back and forth. It kind of describes what's happening in the world today. But even in the midst of a massive earthquake Right here in the San Francisco Bay Area, the testimonies upon testimonies of people that were forewarned and that did not go to work that day, who left early, who did not get on that freeway that day, was just amazing. God had their back. Amen. And he is a protecting God. Now, you can't always stop earthquakes. You can't always stop what's going on in the Middle East. You can't always stop hurricanes, but you can stop them from having an impact and an effect on you and your loved ones. Jesus did not still every storm that he faced, but one day he did. He was in the hinder part of the ship and he was asleep on the pillow. And he told his disciples, you know, we're going to go to the other side. But when they got out in the middle of the lake, all hell broke loose. Anybody ever had in the middle of the lake experience like that? So they woke Jesus up and Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship. He stood up, he rose up and he said, peace be still. And the Bible says there was a great calm. I'm sure that he faced other storms. I'm sure that he faced other things, but you have no record that he went around stilling every storm. Think about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was on the way to Rome, right? Let me ask you this. Was Paul in the perfect will of God when he was on the way to Rome? He absolutely was. The Spirit of the Lord told him, you must appear before Caesar. Well, Caesar was in Rome... And Paul was a long way from Rome. And there came a day where he had to get on a boat with some other prisoners. And the Bible says that the south wind blew softly. And they thought, oh, hey, we can go now. But Paul said, look, I perceive that this trip 
this sailing voyage will be with much damage, even of the lading of the ship. And he almost begged them not to go. He knew in his spirit that there was a storm coming. How many of you know that you can know in your spirit that there's a storm coming? And yet, because he was under their submission, he got in the boat and he headed to Rome and there arose a great storm. It was a Eurycladon. A Eurycladon storm is a storm that likes to wreck things. It is a massive storm with bad intentions. Come on, somebody. Paul did not, I repeat, did not cause that storm to be still. But in the midst of the storm, what Paul did is he persevered. He rode the storm out. How many of you know Paul was led by the Spirit? If the Spirit of the Lord would have come upon Paul to speak to Eurycladon, Eurycladon would have ceased. But Eurycladon did not cease. And all of the storms that we face in life will not cease immediately. Can I hear a witness? Can I get a witness today? There are some storms that we face that we just have to persevere. And that we just have to stay rooted and grounded in the word. Stay rooted and grounded. I'm on my way to Rome. I'm going to make it to Rome sooner or later. I don't care what this storm does. I don't care what this storm does. I'm going to make it to Rome. And I believe that God's got a Rome for you to make it to. God's got a thing for you to go to. But on the way to, you may face some serious storms. Now, you've got to be led by the Holy Ghost. Some, some storms can cease just like that. Other storms, you just have to be a persevering Christian and say, no matter what comes my way, I'm standing on the promises of God today. And I will not, I will not be moved for my God is faithful and I'm going to make it to the other side. Hallelujah. Guess what happened? An angel showed up. I said an angel showed up and he spoke to Paul and he said, look, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because you're going to make it. Not only are you going to make it, but everyone on the ship is going to make it. Come on, somebody. Well, they lost the ship. They had to throw some things over. But you know what? Life is more important than a ship. Life is more important than things on the ship. Come on, somebody. And some of you may have faced some shipwreck in your life. But don't you worry and don't you be down on yourself. Know this, that there is a God and he loves you and his hand is upon you. And he can turn things around in a moment. He can restore. He can make things better than before. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody says, are you prophesying a storm on my life? I don't have to prophesy. I don't have to prophesy storms. We've all faced them. And we will face them again. But here's what Jesus said. Turn with me to John 16, verse 33. Are you getting anything yet? Some of you need to start acting like you might. In John 16, verse 33. Notice in the Amplified Version. Hallelujah. Say with me, He will restore. And He will make better than before. Hallelujah. The worst thing that we can do in the last of the last days is to turn our back on God. 
and to think, oh, why is God doing this? And why is all this thing, what's, what's going on? What's happening? I'm telling you right now, God is not responsible for death. He's not responsible for destruction. He says, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He says, the thief, however, comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But don't worry about it. I've given you authority over the thief. Amen. I love what he said in Luke 10, 19. He said, behold, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. How shall we live in these last days? We shall live by the authority that God's given us. The authority of the word, the authority of the name of Jesus. Amen. Look at John 16 and verse 63. Let's read it together. Ready, read. I have told you these. Come on, guys, read. I have told you these things. So that in me, you might have perfect. Stop right there. In him, we have what? That doesn't sound like being troubled. That doesn't sound like being fearful. That sounds like being fearless. Let's start again from the top. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. Stop right there. The people that say, oh, get born again, get filled with the Spirit, come to my club and we'll never have any more trouble at all. It's almost like a cult smile. You know? No, no. Jesus said you're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. You're going to have distress. You're going to have days where... Anybody ever had a day where they just were frustrated? We got three honest people there. Okay. (laughs) In me, you're going to have perfect peace and confidence. Let's, Let's read it again. In the world... You shall have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but, but be of what? Are you crazy? How can I be of good cheer when they just hauled my automobile away? How can I be of good cheer when Pookie just got out of prison and he's wanting to live in my house? How can I be of good cheer when Art and Cindy, my wonderful son and daughter-in-law, just drained my bank account again? Yeah, frustration comes. And you can do some things to protect your bank account. And you can set some boundaries from keeping Pookie from moving in, by the way. See, (laughs) this is a whole other animal right here. Some trials, some distresses, some tribulations come to us because of us. Other tests, other trials, other tribulations come to us because of others. Then some tests, trials, and tribulations just come to us because the devil don't like us. That's right. And that's what I'm referring to here right now. Let's bring that scripture back up. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you might have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you'll have tribulation and trials and distress. And frustration. Let's read the rest. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Certain. 
undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you. Remember that he already conquered it for you. And remember what Paul said, that nay, in all these things, we are more. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Let's be honest about it. Have you ever had a day where you felt not like a conqueror? Much less more than a conqueror? Let's be honest about it. Have you ever looked in the mirror on a Monday morning and thought to yourself, oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Help this sister. Help this brother. Oh, Lord. We've all had days like that. But this is the privilege then of you and I being able to live by trust and to live by faith and not by sight. Because he has already conquered it for us, that means that you and I, in the midst of it, are still more than conquerors. Now say this with me with your right hand toward heaven. Say it with me. In all these things. In all these things. I'm more than a conqueror. I can rejoice. And I can be exceedingly glad. For my master... Has deprived it, deprived it of its power to hurt or harm me in any way, fashion or form. Quickly turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. How should we live in the last days? We should live in the last days like we live every day. I mean if it wasn't the last days, we should live this way. Fearlessly, under the shadow. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Now I want you to notice this verse because in this verse, he gives us two different ways that we can live. Two different ways we can live. And that becomes our choice to live one way or live the other way. And whatever you choose is whatever you will receive in your life. Amen? In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, he says... First of all, the just shall live by faith. And then he goes on to say, for we walk by faith and not by what? Now, when he says here, we walk by faith and not by sight, what he's literally saying is we walk by the word of God. Amen. And then when he says we don't walk by sight, he's saying we do not live our life regulated by our five physical senses. How many of you, your five physical senses will talk to you? They'll lie to you. But God has given us a better way of living. It's sight of a better kind. It's walking by his word and walking by faith. Amen. Now, I've noticed this in my life. When I walk by faith, things go much better. But the moment... (laughs) The moment I depart from walking by faith and walking by things that I see around me or walking by things that may be going on in my body or walking by shortages that I can see, that moment is when I begin to go down. 
that's the moment I'm not being a good cheer. That's the moment that sadness comes into my life. You can mark this down. The saddest people living in this earth are people that are living by their five physical senses. Because their five physical senses are continuously changing. Continuously changing. Your five physical senses are temporary. And that's why he said, we don't look at the things which are seen. But we look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are not seen, glory to God, cannot be changed. But the things that are seen are temporary and subject to change. So if you want to be steadfast in the last days, if you want your soul to be anchored, I encourage you folks, learn to live by faith. Learn to live by the word. Amen. Now, Lastly, go to Matthew chapter 4 and notice with me in verse 4. Matthew, the fourth chapter, the fourth verse says this. That's how we're living. Say this with me real strong. I'm living in the last days fearlessly under the shadow of El Shaddai. Living by trust and not by sight. And then in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That word, word there is rhema. God has designed you and I to live by the rhema of God, which means by the spoken word of God. It's not enough for me just to think scriptures. It's not enough for me to come to a service like this and feel good about the scriptures that have been read. What God is requiring is for you and I to take the scriptures and have them become rhema to us. In other words, take God's word and speak God's word and say what God's word says about you. And you will be able to live confidently, boldly, assuredly with your head up, not with your head, glory to God, down. Say it with me. I'm living living. by every word word. that has come out out. of the mouth of God. Can you think of any words that are good to live by? I can. I like this one word. Himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. I like this word in Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Live by the word. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. Raise your hand up to the Lord and say, I'm strong. I'm getting stronger as the days go by. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How shall we live in the last of the last days? 
I believe we ought to be lived filled with the Holy Ghost. I say, I say this by the word of the Lord, that the fuller you are, the better your life will be. Paul said this, but be, being filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making grace in your heart to the Lord, making melody unto Him. Amen? The more you pray, the more you praise, the more you pray in the Spirit, what happens is the more you will get built up. And the more that you get built up, the more you will rise like an edifice, higher and higher, and you'll be strengthened to face whatever may come your way in the last of the last days. Well, I've done my best. I hope you got something out of it. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Oh, Lord, that we would hear your word and be doers of it in this hour and in this day. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed.